Hello and welcome to the Joy Mom Summit. I am so excited to have you join us here on the podcast. I have some incredible speakers and I have a surprise speaker, talk number eight. I am so excited that you're here and I know, I just know that God has something for you, mama friend. You are meant to live a life of joy and intention, purpose, and peace, and that's why you're here at the Joy Mom Summit. So may this conference-style summit bless you, and let me know how it went for you. Definitely email me, reach out at 500secondstojoy at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Now let's get into this Joy Mom Summit and let's give thanks to the Almighty God, the Joy Giver. Hi, friends. This interview is with Katie Hartfield, and she is just lovely. She's talking about prayer, and she's a busy mom with multiple little ones, so she knows a thing or two about having a packed schedule. And she has practical prayer tips to share with us and just a lot of encouragement. And she is a Catholic speaker and author. If you go to womaninlove.org, you will learn more about her and all the goodness she has to offer you. If you go to her Instagram, Katie Hartfield, that's K-A-T-I-E-H-A-R-T-F-I-E-L, Katie Hartfield. Um, She says that she provides inspiration for your vocation, whether you're living it or in search of it. I love that. And she's just such a breath of fresh air. She's so encouraging and she has a really beautiful testimony about the power of prayer. And I really think it's going to encourage you moms today. So let's get into it definitely check out all the goodness she has to offer. She even um, hosts retreats. So go to her website, womaninlove.org and just check out what she has going on there. You're about to be so encouraged. Katie is lovely. Let's get into this conversation. Hey, Katie. Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. Hey, thank you for having me, Steffi. I'm really excited. You're welcome. I'm excited too. So Katie came to our church and spoke and I knew she had to come on the podcast because it was so inspiring hearing you talk and just your idea of what prayer is, why it's so powerful. You have your testimony, your personal story. Um, So I'm excited to share that with the listeners here. Let's just get started with chatting about your personal experience regarding the power of prayer. Yeah. So uh, when I was in high school, I came from a really strong um, youth ministry program. I was like a youth room rat, <laughs> like just into all of the things. And um, I I went to Steubenville conferences um, all through high school. But then the summer before my senior year, I was selected to be a part of a program that's now called Franciscan Lead. And so you go up the week before the conference, it was like 35 high school students. And the idea is that they'll really teach you how to draw deep into your prayer life and into your relationship with God. And so a big theme for me that weekend was surrendering um, just over to whatever God's plan was for me and thinking specifically in terms of my vocation. So I remember sitting in adoration that week and thinking about the fact that 
God had a perfect plan for me, uh, the best way for me to get to heaven, whether that was for me to be called to religious life or called to marriage and um, reflecting also on, you know, if I was called to be married, then God knew the perfect person for me to get to heaven to marry. (laughs) So, um, and thinking about that, taking it a step further, you know, realizing that like this person is out there right now, like God knows who it is I'm going to marry one day. And, and as a teenager and all the difficult things that, that there were and all the temptations and all the things realizing my future spouse was out there somewhere in that moment, facing all of those things and just really feeling this deep call to go to battle, praying for my future spouse. So after that week, I went home and I was like totally gung-ho about um, this like spiritual warfare and climbing into the trenches and praying for my future spouse. And I started writing letters to really try to make him more concrete in my life um, and realize like this was a real person. So um, all these years pass, I end up graduating from high school, um, going to college and meeting this really attractive uh, young man from Texas. <laughs> and we, I love it. Um, yes. Yeah. And um, I was originally from Colorado. And um, so it was very intriguing, this Southern um, boy that said y'all and all these great things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so we started dating and uh, long story short, we're like very deep into our dating relationship and it was summer in college and we're at home. Um, I'm in Colorado. He's in Texas and we're on the phone one night and um, we're talking about his conversion experience. So he, he in high school was really into um, basketball, really gifted in basketball, um, Southern Texas sports and all of that kind of stuff really enveloped his whole life. Uh, and along with that came, he was very much like a part of the party scene and um, popular and all of the different things that came with that. So uh, we were talking about his conversion experience and how um, the summer after his uh, graduation, he was about to go play college basketball. And he was in his room one night and uh, he wasn't thinking about God. He wasn't in prayer. And he just describes it as if the Holy Spirit came rushing into the room. Um, and wow. this, a 19 year old boy just fell to his knees sobbing and um, thinking about all of his sins, but also most of all, because he was understanding for the first time in his life, God's mercy and God's love. And it was just a life changing moment for him. He walked out of the room and he says like, I knew that there was a handful of things that I needed to stop doing and a handful of things that I needed to start doing, but it was just the very beginning of this whole life-changing um, experience for him. So he eventually ended up um, transferring to school in Franciscan University in Steubenville, which is where we met. So we're talking this night on the phone, and I asked him if he knew the exact date of his conversion. And he tells me this date in July and I go over to uh, my journals in my bedroom and I pull out my prayer journal from that week. And it was the same exact week that I was at Franciscan lead all of these years earlier where I had felt this call to really start praying for my future spouse and naming, I mean, list like very specific things. If he's struggling with this, 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 and this, and it was Mark's like exact laundry list of the things in his life and begging that God would come into his life and show him that life in Christ was better. Um, so we would you know, realize, yeah. And, and, you know, I, it's, I tell the story. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I tell the story often and like, you get like that kind of reaction, but I've always, I've realized, you know, over time, like 
ah, this is the story of what our God does. Like, it's a really great story and it's my love story and I really like it. But ultimately, this is what God does millions of times every single day that we pray and we cry out and he hears and he answers. And sometimes it takes years and years to find out what he was doing. Sometimes we never get to know. Um, but just that our God is so faithful and, uh, he hears, he hears our prayers and and in a very specific Mm -hmm. way, I think as, um, as wives and mothers as well. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, so, I mean, to pray with that just intensity and the fervent prayer, I feel like, and maybe this is wrong to say this, but I feel like it's a little bit easier when you're not a mom. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So let's just say uh, most of the listeners are moms. So how do we do this as moms? Mm -hmm. Because I want to see this happen in my life and I have in different ways, but I want to see God rushing in Mm -hmm. so powerfully and so strongly. I bet the listeners want that too. Like everybody listening, if you're listening to this podcast, you love the Lord and you care about prayer. I just know it. So I think we all could agree that we want that. But when you're a mom, the time is so few and far between. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you don't even have time to journal. Maybe you just have five minutes, right? So how do we take this powerful experience of prayer that you're sharing about and apply it to our lives as moms now? Because I think the struggle of prayer as a mom is very unique. Um, you know, it's it's not like we get to be in a convent <laughs> for mm-hmm. praying for hours a day. That's not our life stage. It actually wouldn't be responsible to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have little kids who need you and need to, you know, nurse and be fed and all of that. So I would love to hear how we can do this as moms because your your testimony is incredible. And you're right. God is wanting to do this in each of our lives. So how do we Mm -hmm. invite him in and pray like this in our current stage of life? Yeah, absolutely. So I have um, four kids who I homeschool. um, So I absolutely understand the chaos and the difficulty of finding (laughs) the opportunity to do that. I, I remember my first time ever sitting in the cry room. Um, at mass and being like, what, <laughs> what, what is happening? Like, what? Yes. It's kind of the same feeling as the first time I drove a minivan. Like, I'm not ready for this. I don't know. Crossing over. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's so chaotic and I struggled with it for years and years. I mean, it's, it's always a struggle, but I really struggled with it for a long, long time. And, um, I was giving a talk and I was sharing the story, um, that I just shared and there was Q and A at the end. And, this woman was like, well, how do you pray for your husband now? And I was like, oh no, <laughs> like I really, I'm like, God bless Mark. Like, I don't, I don't know. And I, I, again, like I spent so much time like in prayer and journaling and all these things for my husband beforehand. And then, yeah, once you're married and, and once you have kids, especially it's just, it's like praying in Chuck E. Cheese is what it feels like at all. Yes, times. it does. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, during that, after that, uh, question, I really had to like, look within myself and say like, okay, Katie, like, what are we going to do about this? Like, you got to figure this out. So, um, around the same time I heard a talk from, um, father Mike Scanlon and it really absolutely changed my, my whole life and my outlook on prayer, especially. And he was talking about like, when we, when we look at our lives and we say, everybody's thing is I don't have the time. Right. Um, no matter what state of life that you're in, like, sure, I'd really like to have this great prayer life, but um, I really don't have the time. And he said, what we really have to do 
is we have to look at ourselves and say, is it really that we don't have the time or that we don't have the faith? Because when there's things that we feel are the best thing for our family and they are going to be the most beneficial and bring out the most fruit in our family, whether that's like pumping while driving or making your own baby food. Like we do all kinds of crazy stuff as moms, yes. you know, that we, yep. we find the time and the way to make it happen when we really believe that it's going to be the best thing for our family. So is it really that we don't have the time or that we don't have the faith? Is it a time issue or is it a faith issue? So around that same time, I also heard a talk from another father, Mike S, father Mike Schmitz, and he was talking about Mary and Martha and um, how when we look at the story of Mary and Martha, how, um, you know, we say like Martha, like it's such a bad thing, right? Like um, right. I'm such a Martha or she's such a Martha or whatever. Um, yep. But, you know, when you look at it, like the reality is Martha was a saint, so she couldn't have had it all wrong. You know, um, she has her own feast day and all the things. And so um, when we when we read the story, we see how Jesus, when he decided that he was going to become human, he also had human needs. So he got hungry, he got thirsty, you know. And so he himself says in Matthew 25, um, gives us the corporal works of mercy and tells us, you know, when we what we do for the least of our brothers, we do for him. And so Martha had this opportunity to serve Jesus very physically in, in her midst. So you know, when Jesus decided that he was going to become human, he also decided that he was going to have human needs. And so Martha, in her saintliness, what she decided was um, that she wanted to serve Jesus and she wanted to um, put her whole self at, at his service of taking care of everything that he needed. Right. So Jesus himself says in Matthew 25, he says, um, whatever you do for the least of my brothers, you do for me. And so for us as moms, this opportunity is handed to us on a platter every single day. Like we don't have to go out looking for opportunities to meet the Lord and to find different ways of service. Like our day all day long is giving food to the hungry and drink to the thirsty and clothing the naked and visiting the imprisoned in timeout, right? Like these yes. are our, our life's journey. <laughs> and so when we do it well, when we see this as an opportunity for us to do for the least of our brothers, do for the least of the people of the kingdom of God, that we do it for Jesus. And we really full, fulfill the saintliness of who Martha is. And what, what I find in my own life, like when on the days that I do do this well, um, nothing about my day changes. Like there's no not less messes or less spills to clean up or, you know, tantrums or whatever it is, nothing about that changes, but I change that my whole yes. position of who I am to my family and encountering Christ within my family absolutely changes. And they have a better experience of who I am as well and of mm -hmm. meeting Christ in me. Um, but what Jesus does say in that story is that he, he says, Martha, you are anxious about many things, but Mary has chosen the better part. And so, I mean, what, what better line, like for Jesus to speak to all of us, I think as moms, like you are anxious about many things. There's all of these different things that are, that are calling out our name. Um, but we cannot miss the better part that. Mary had this opportunity to sit with Jesus and to um, have this experience of heaven face to face with him. 
And he wants us to find the opportunity to do that in every single day. Um, and it's really our only chance at surviving at sanity, I think. Um, Agreed. Well. So, um, so for me personally, all of these years ago, when I was wrestling through these things and trying to figure out practically what does this look like for me in my day? And um, ironically enough, I've started thinking about the scripture story of um, Cain and Abel, which is about siblings killing each other, right? So maybe it doesn't <laughs> seem like the most obvious to go to about parenting and prayer and all of those kind of things. Um, but in the story, what God asks of Cain and Abel is he asks them to make him an offering, right? And um, to give him a tithe. And so um, what happens is, Cain is, um, he is a keeper of the land. And so he has all of his crops and Abel, he is a, a ranch keeper. So he has his flocks. And so, uh, Cain, what he does is he gathers everything up together and, uh, everything that he can spare that he has left over. Uh, that's what he brings as an offering to the Lord. Abel, on the other hand, he goes and he looks at his flock and he picks out his very, very best. And that's what he brings as an offering to God. And God takes both the offerings, but he says that he, the one that he is pleased with is the one that was the first fruits, that it was the very best that Abel took off um, from his entire flock. And so I was thinking about this and I was thinking, okay, if God's calling me to tithe of myself, and traditionally we think of that as 10% of our time, talent, and treasure, and we do a pretty good job on that, I think, in our family of um, treasure and of talent, but I was thinking about my time and am I giving God my first fruits or if I'm, if I, am I giving him my leftovers, what I could spare? And absolutely at that time it was leftovers a hundred percent at the end of the day, sometimes there was no leftovers <laughs> to be able to offer to God. So, um, I looked at my day and I tried to determine where are my first fruits. And so this is the moment where I, I'm always afraid talking to moms, <laughs> where I reveal like my first fruits, the very, very best part of my day, the time of the day where I could do whatever I want in theory is nap time. And so I um, decided that I was going to tithe, give 10% of my nap time, the very first fruits, the very beginning to the Lord. And so traditionally in our house, nap time is about an hour long. Um, so I decided I was going to give the very first 10%, the very first six minutes of that, um, to go and to sit with the Lord. And I specifically use that time to intercede, um, for my husband, um, and for my family. Um, but I have found that the fruits of that in my own life are so much greater than I could have ever imagined that, when I just give like that itty bitty bit, like I go and sit down in the same spot every single day, I set my timer and I always want to stay longer. Like I'm always like, oh, I have all these other things to do. Maybe I'll just do this first. But every single time that I do it, I find that the fruitfulness of those six minutes um, absolutely overflow so much into my day, um, into my parenting, into who I am as a wife, um, and especially who I am in my relationship with the Lord. I love it. I love that you say nap time because that I do that too. And when you spoke and gave this talk at church, at our church, you know, it was so cool to hear someone else say that. Mm, yeah. And, and it, it's been very convicting 
to hear you say, start with prayer, because Mm -hmm. I have noticed, I will say, okay, I'm just going to finish these dishes really quickly. Uh, And then I'm going to sit down and pray. Okay. Oh, I really need to have a snack first and then I'll pray. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these, this laundry list of things I'll do just really quickly before I pray. And then I'll notice, wait, the baby's (laughs) crying. No, No. (laughs) my time is done. And Uh I don't always have an uninterrupted hour. And I bet, um, you know, that's the same for you and Mm -hmm. anybody listening. You just never know. Like kids are so unpredictable even if they're older, like they might need to go to the bathroom and I might need to be wiped, you know, just never know what's going to happen. So I love that you talk about um, the story of Cain and Abel and the idea of first fruits that is just so practical. And so how could you encourage moms listening um, just in these last few minutes, just to encourage them that their prayer matters, whatever they give to God, it matters And they will just see, like you said, there is fruit that they will see, but not necessarily to do it for the fruit, Yes, but to do it to grow in relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. I think that's one of the most important notes to make when you're talking about, especially intercessory prayer. Um, The proof that our prayer is working is not whether the people that we're praying for are changing. It's if we are changing. So I can easily use that time to pray for like, please help my husband put the toilet paper on correctly in the right direction. Please (laughs) help him to hear this or see this or notice this or say this or whatever. And in those moments, I'm not really praying for him. I'm praying for me. And uh, when we give ourselves and we really pray for the holiness of the people that we love, um, they can be open to receive that or to not receive that. Right. Um, but what we can always guarantee is that our hearts will be changed and that we will become instruments of the Lord in a way that we would never be able to do on our own. So that's really the proof of whether it's working. So, um, I share this analogy Um, long story, really short. Um, My parents got divorced uh, my senior year of high school. Um, My dad left and he came back and he left and he came back um, over and over for over the course of two years. And I got really frustrated in my prayer for my father because I would pray like novena after novena and I'm going to adoration. I'm going to daily mass, all of these things and nothing was changing. He wasn't coming back. Things are just getting worse. And I told God, I'm not going to pray for him anymore. I'm not going to do this. I'm still going to love you. I'm going to honor you, but I'm not going to bring this to you anymore. And after several months, I was praying in in my room and there's only like a couple times that you get this kind of um, experience in your life, you know, but I felt like God was like showing me and revealing to me like, Katie, I'm hearing every prayer for your father. Um, I want his conversion more than you want his conversion. And it was like, he gave me this image of like my dad sitting under this umbrella. Like God was showing me, like he was, here's all the graces that you're asking for, but here's all the graces that I'm adding, you know, to your requests for him. And it was like this deluge of graces and mercy and love that God was pouring out. But it was like, my dad was under this umbrella and just like crowded underneath, not letting any of those graces and blessings touch him. And when we pray for people, 
they have the choice and the opportunity to be able to accept that grace. And, and that night, like I, I really was convinced of two things. One was that I couldn't stop praying for my father because at any moment that he let down the umbrella for a fraction of a second, I wanted all that grace to be available to him in that moment. But also what are the areas in my own life where I'm asking for something from God, but I'm blocking him from being able to actually do those good things in my own heart and in my life. Um, and it's been something that I've carried with me for the last 20 years of um, interceding and then also reflecting on that for myself, of being able to look at my relationship with God and um, and see the correlation between the way that I'm praying. And that same talk actually from Bob Galen, um, he says, if I can change a, a way that a man prays, I can change anything about his life. And so we should say that about ourselves too. Like when we can really authentically be able to give ourselves over to the Lord and desire his will so deeply, unite ourselves to his suffering heart and the love that he has for the people in our lives, um, we should be able to expect that God will not be outdone in generosity. So beautiful, Katie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Can, can you just close us in prayer, praying oh, yeah. for, praying over all the moms, praying for us. We all need the prayers and just ending us um, the way that, you know, we should all start that first part of nap time or the first part of our day, <laughs> or maybe it's the end of our day, whenever it is, let's, let's use this time to just be encouraged to persevere in prayer. So let's end with a prayer. Definitely. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the dignity that you have given to us as women, the dignity that you have given to us as wives and as mothers, that you allow us to participate so deeply in your heart, that in the time that we have borne our children into the world and the way that we want to serve our hearts or serve our households, to use our hearts in that kind of a way, that it is so indicative of the outpouring of who you are as father. And so, Lord, we ask for your blessing over each of these women who are listening here today, that you will inspire them with your love, that you will send them forth on mission within their own home, and that you will show them your face. You will show them their, your face within the faces of their family and all of those that they come in contact with, that you'll give them the consolation of your love, and that you will allow them to experience the gratitude that you have for them, the gratitude for the work that they do, the gratitude for the way that they love. And Mother Mary, we ask that you will pray with us and pray for us, especially the woman who always said yes to the Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we wish to love you more. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Mom's Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today, friend. I'm so grateful for you. Let's connect on my email list. Go to bit.ly forward slash monthly happy mail and we can be email besties. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Have a joy-filled day. Bye for now. Bye for now.